48K News. It's one o'clock. I'm Steve Dunthorne. The headlines. Police and firefighters enter the Polytechnic University campus ending an 11-day siege. Beijing decries US arrogance and warns of retaliation as President Trump signs into law two bills on Hong Kong. And overseas, tens of thousands flee a huge fire at a chemical plant in Texas. Despite threats from anti-government protesters hiding inside the Polytechnic University, police have sent in a team of around 100 people to bring an end to an almost two-week siege after violent clashes broke out there. Chariot Meng, the Assistant Commissioner of Police for Operations, said the team would handle dangerous material on campus, such as petrol bombs, and gather criminal evidence. He said the campus had been maliciously occupied and damaged over the past two weeks and many facilities were in ruins. He refused to say whether any protester found would be immediately arrested, saying their primary concern was for the well-being of anyone still inside. Our major concern today is not about arrest. It's about their well-being. And that would be our major concern. But of course, as I said, the objective is not about people. It's about the dangerous item, the campus, but if we, if we encounter any protesters or any person remaining inside, then we will try to convince them to seek medical treatment or even a body checkup. Last night, a mass protester threatened action against police if they entered. He said there were still around 20 people inside. He reiterated the demands that police end their siege and make no arrests. The safety team comprises staff from fire and ambulance services, psychologists and police from the explosives and crime divisions. Wang Chun Yip is a deputy chief fire officer from the fire services department. Since there is a large quantity of dangerous chemical inside the Hong Kong Polytechnic University, Hong Kong Fire Service Department has great concern on the safety of the campus. Today we deploy a special team comprising our dangerous goods division and hazmat team to assess the situation inside the campus. If there is any dangerous chemical causing imminent danger or if there is any chemical leakage, we will take immediate action to mitigate the risks. The Hong Kong government has called two bills that President Trump signed into law unnecessary and unreasonable, saying they'll hurt relations and interests between the two sides. As Mike Weeks reports, the bills support pro-democracy protests in Hong Kong and will likely anger Beijing, just as Washington is hoping to ease a Sino-US trade war. The bill had almost unanimous U.S. congressional support, leaving Mr. Trump little political room to manoeuvre. The Hong Kong Human Rights and Democracy Act allows for sanctions on Hong Kong officials accused of rights abuses and requires an annual review of the SAR's special trade status. Mr. Trump also signed a law to ban the sale of U.S.-made tear gas and rubber bullets to Hong Kong. In a statement, he spoke of respect for President Xi Jinping and said he hoped the leaders and representatives of Beijing and Hong Kong would be able to amicably settle their differences. The central government has reacted angrily to President Trump's move. The BBC's John Sudworth is in Beijing. As you might expect, we've had uh, an immediate and uh, pretty angry reaction from China's foreign ministry, accusing Washington of having absolutely sinister intentions and threatening to take firm countermeasures. That threat we have heard before as this bill has made its passage through the US legislative process and there's no suggestion as to what those countermeasures might be. Uh, China, which has been warning all along that it sees the signs of foreign meddling and foreign influence 
uh, in the situation in Hong Kong uh, is clearly going to take a very dim view of this. The Civic Party leader Alvin Young has welcomed the US laws, saying they show international support for the city's pro-democracy movement over the last six months and put more pressure on the SAR government. Hong Kong's special administrative government, they have to bear in mind that, number one, the international financial center status cannot be taken for granted. We have to make sure that the government has every responsibility to ensure that the status has to be kept up to the standard of international community. That is to say, we have to have a genuine one country, two systems. We have to prove to the rest of the world that is genuine and human rights and democracy and freedom are to be guaranteed as stated so clearly under the basic law. The former Chief Secretary Henry Tang, who is now a member of the nation's top political advisory body, said the law was detestable but would not affect Beijing's handling of the SAR. In an interview with RTHK, Mr Tang said the US had a lot of domestic problems that had not been resolved, such as mass shooting sprees, and Washington should concentrate on them instead. The husband of a Chinese woman found dead inside a freezer in Sydney has been arrested in Sichuan province. Liu Haoling left Australia this week with the couple's two young children, a day before his wife's body was found. Police had to break into the couple's home after receiving a call from a concerned family friend. Overseas, the authorities in the US state of Texas have ordered tens of thousands of residents in four towns to flee their homes after new explosions at a petrochemical plant where a huge fire has been burning for hours. Officials in Port Neches, east of the city of Houston, gave the order to evacuate the zone covering a six-kilometre radius of the plant when the latest huge blast destroyed a chemical distillation tower. A town resident, Ray Fisher, was in bed when the first explosion happened. We were laying there, you know, sleeping, sound asleep, and all of a sudden we heard a big crash, big boom, and didn't know what it was. And then all of a sudden, a split second later, the glass and windows come flying in the bedroom with us, and uh, it was scary. We didn't know if somebody was driving through the house or what happened. Then we saw the flames across the street and realized that uh, something had blown up. The opposition Labour Party in Britain says official documents show the governing Conservatives will put the National Health Service up for sale in a future trade deal with the United States. The Prime Minister, Boris Johnson, has called the accusation by the Labour leader, Jeremy Corbyn, total nonsense. Here's the BBC's Norman Smith. The hope in Labour is the release of these documents detailing the outcome of two years of talks could yet prove a game-changer in this election, reigniting fears over the future of the health service. The 451 pages of detailed proposals proof claim Labour that Boris Johnson is prepared to include the NHS in future negotiations despite his repeated denials. Protesters have again taken to the streets of the Maltese capital, Valletta, to demand the resignation of the Prime Minister, Joseph Muscat, over his handling of the murder of the journalist Daphne Corona Galizia in 2017. Protesters sat on the road near the Parliament building and chanted Muscat out. The opposition Nationalist Party earlier walked out of Parliament, berating Mr Muscat for standing by his Chief of Staff, who resigned this week. Corinne Vela is Daphne's sister. Well, something's moving, and that's, that is progress in itself. But the rest are long overdue. The people we're seeing resigning now should have resigned years ago. The people who are being arrested now should have been arrested years ago too. And definitely, Muscat should go as well. His position is even more untenable now than it was before. A spokesperson for Reporters Without Borders, Pauline Adesmevel, has called for the mastermind to be brought to justice. 
We've been waiting for two years to see what is happening now. It is not enough, as we said at Reporters Without Borders, we want the mastermind to be prosecuted. So, so far, we've seen some moves, some step forwards, but it is not enough. Iran says at least eight people linked to the US spy agency, the CIA, were arrested during a recent wave of street protests. Days of unrest broke out after the announcement of a steep rise in the price of petrol. The BBC's Alan Johnston reports. The Iranian intelligence ministry said those arrested had received CIA-funded training in various countries. It said most were detained during what were described as riots, while allegedly carrying out the spy agency's orders to gather information. No evidence of any CIA link was presented. During the protests, banks, police stations and other buildings were set ablaze in many places. And human rights activists say more than 140 people were killed. A judge in northern Brazil has refused bail to four volunteer firefighters arrested on Tuesday after being accused of deliberately starting fires in the Amazon rainforest two months ago. The four men work for a local environmental NGO. Here's the BBC's Will Grant. Supporters of the young team of volunteers say the entire case against them is politically motivated and based on no firm evidence. The argument from the authorities is that the volunteers deliberately set fires themselves in order to make money from donations. However, no video or other evidence has been made public. The group often worked alongside the official firefighters from Alter de Chau and have been credited for helping contain and control some of the worst fires in the region. Officials in the Australian city of Sydney have announced an end to rules severely limiting where and when people can drink alcohol. The New South Wales Premier announced pubs trading hours will be extended and that laws curbing after midnight drinking will be eased in most of central Sydney. Under feigned lockout laws, bar doors closed at 1.30am and there were restrictions on serving cocktails, shots or drinks in glasses after midnight. The measures were introduced in 2014. And the Australian writer and broadcaster Clive James, noted for his witty, irreverent turns of phrase, has died at the age of 80. Mr James, who'd lived in Britain for nearly 60 years, became best known for his Roy commentary on funny clips from international TV, particularly the bizarre Japanese game show Endurance. But he equally enjoyed the world, world of poetry and literary criticism. Clive James died from leukaemia. Speaking in 2016, he said the disease had improved him as a writer. I'm at the peak of my career, no question of it. I'm a better writer now than I ever was. And here's the secret, I've got more to write about. I can write about life now. When the end is in sight, you get a perspective on life you never had before. I was just too dumb and too energetic. I was just moving forward at the high speed of a thrown shoe. Uh, I wasn't reflective. I'm much more reflective now. Finance, a short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 26,927, 34 points down on the previous close. Turnovers at $43 billion. Currency is the US dollar trading at 109.44 yen. The euro stands at 1 US dollar and 10 cents. And the pound is worth 10 Hong Kong dollars and 11 cents. Sport now, here's Atom Chung. First to football in the European Champions League, where Liverpool's last 16 hopes will go down to their final group game. A win at Anfield would have seen Liverpool clinch first place in Group E, but instead they were held to a one-all draw by Napoli. Liverpool got a point thanks to second-half equaliser from Dejan Lovren. Here's their boss, Jurgen Klopp. 
for tonight, no, not enough. But it's still um, our situation, and so we have to go. And anyway, when we, if we go to Salzburg, um, if we would have done it tonight, we would have tried to win there, and, and that's what we try now as well. Liverpool's final game is away at RB Salzburg. The Austrian champions beat Genk 4-1 last night to move three points off the lead. In Group F, Barcelona have qualified for the knockout stage while the other spot is still to be decided. Barca defeated Borussia Dortmund 3-1 and Inter were 3-1 winners over Slavia Prague. More from the BBC's John Bennett. Lionel Messi puts on a show on appearance number 700 for Barcelona. He set up the first goal for Luis Suarez. Then he found the back of the net himself before half-time and in the second half set up Antoine Griezmann for his first goal in six games. Borussia Dortmund did get a consolation goal. Jadon Sancho coming off the bench to score for the German side. But their manager is now under huge pressure. Lucien Favre could be sacked at the weekend if they don't put in a good performance and get a good result against Hertha Berlin. In the same group, Inter Milan have kept their hopes of a last 16 place alive. A 3-1 win at Slavia Prague. It means they're now second in the group on seven points. Borussia Dortmund third on, in the group, also on seven points. It wasn't easy for Inter Milan. Two goals in the last 15 minutes. Martinez found the back of the net twice. Lukaku also on the score sheet. Inter's final game at home to Barcelona. RB Leipzig progressed from Group G after earning a point from their 2-2 draw against Benfica. Leon missed a chance to join them after losing 2-0 at Zenit St. Petersburg. Nothing's been decided in Group H as Ajax are still in the driver's seat thanks to a 2-0 win at Lille. Chelsea drew 2-2 with Valencia. In the NBA, Joel Embiid of the Philadelphia 76ers bounced back from the worst game of his career with a 33-point performance against the Sacramento Kings. Coming off a glaring zero-point showing in Toronto on Monday, Embiid ended his scoring drought with an emphatic dunk 23 seconds into the contest. He made 10 of 19 from the field to help the Sixers win 97-91. Elsewhere, the Houston Rockets ended a three-game slide with victory over the Miami. Miami Heat. The Rockets set the tone by putting up 46 first quarter points. They went on to win 117 to 108 behind 34 points from James Harden. And that's your look at sports. To end the news, the top stories once again. Police and firefighters enter the Polytechnic University campus ending an 11 day siege. Beijing decries US arrogance and warns of retaliation as President Trump signs into law two bills on Hong Kong. And overseas, tens of thousands flee a huge fire at a chemical plant in Texas. And that's the news from RTHK.
Good afternoon and welcome to the 123 show. I'm Sadia Usmani. My thanks to Phil for the morning brew. And on the show today, what can I say? Another new feature for you. After 1.30, Innocent Matanga, co-founder of the Africa Center Hong Kong and anthropologist, is here with I.O. That's Innocent Opinions. That's what it means. He'll be expressing his opinion on a subject of his choice every other week. And today he talks about life cycles and gaps. Are you intrigued? Well, stay tuned to find out more. And after 2 p.m., if you fancy a bit of Italian retail therapy, then get 7th December into your diary for the Italian charity fair at Sandy Bay. We are talking branded clothing, eyewear, Italian gourmet food and wine, and more.